Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest. Uh, one thing that evolved for um, immigrant families, because the way I talk to people, because they have different people who came here at different times in my family, and the way like people describe it to me is like, when you used to come back in the day, you get to the booth to the black part of town, and you were, there were very few immigrants, so you kind of fell in line with the black community. You became part of uh, the black community where you were, you know, and you learned to, you know, be a part of that community and you look at the old civil rights things there were a lot of um you know caribbean people who would be you know part of the civil rights movement and whatever um because there was such a minority you kind of had to align yourself with the black community and like the next wave people tell me about is like when there were enough immigrants to form like you know enclaves you know you might have like the a, a jamaican part of town uh you know a haitian part of, of town or whatever but that was still a community. It's just now it's a community that's is able to separate itself. But now the the next phase, which which to me is the current phase, is there's enough immigrants to form a Jamaican part of town, a Haitian part of town, an African part of town. But even that doesn't have a community. It's just a bunch of Haitian people living in the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't, they don't necessarily know each other <laughs> that much better either. They just live in the same place uh, so that they can have a a Haitian restaurant to go to and uh a place to get haitian music or something but they don't really like know each other like like that it's not you so so yeah like it's on a lot of levels it's the community's kind of you know not not really there like if if i can't pick up my kids from work today they can stay at these people's house and like two other yeah, people that's, yeah yeah you gotta have your own family for that yeah yeah that yeah. is yeah that now that is gone I, yeah. i'll say that that's uh, gone have you guys ever? Do you guys ever have that house in your neighborhood that had two or three people, sets of kids after school? <laughs> oh yeah. People? yeah, yeah. I never yeah. hear stuff like that anymore. Oh, yeah. I don't either. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we were just talking at, at my job. We were talking about this because we were. I was making some jokes with kids because some kids came to school high, and I'm like, "You guys got high and came to school?" And they were like, <laughs> "We didn't have nowhere else to go." I'm like, "Damn, really?" When I was growing up, because we all grew up in the same neighborhood, I knew whose older brother had an apartment. We just go over his house. You know what I'm right. saying? We just go over to my homeboy sister house, you know what I'm saying? And smoke weed and chill out, play video games. To whereas now these kids are coming from everywhere. They don't have a community of kids. I mean, it sounds fucked up. They don't have a place to go smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? So mm. <laughs> they end up coming to school and not getting anything, anything done. But the bigger thing is they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have a sense of community. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, man, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know it was like that where kids aren't really <clears throat> growing up elementary, middle school, high school anymore together. They're not really yeah, there is no more like mom can i spend the night at right you know ricky's house right. down the street i haven't seen that in in a long ass time man yeah. so 
Yeah. Um, at least since they call like them play a, dates now. I'm like, what the fuck is a play date? But even the play date be with like somebody that you don't necessarily even really uh the kids may go to the same school or something, but they don't live in the same neighborhood or anything. Well, like yeah, that. people, right, people right, drive right. each other to another whole different neighborhood for the play day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and it, and, and it yeah. might just be because the mamas get along. You don't really necessarily play with that kid. Yeah, for sure, for hey, sure. Mama's cool, yeah. so I got to go play with this kid. I don't even know this kid. You know. Yeah, so I, definitely from the neighborhood aspect, um, it seems like that's gone. Now that being said, I, I have to confess, I have not lived there in years. <laughs> So maybe I'm, maybe my maybe my perspective is kind of skewed, but because um, I haven't really lived in a in a in a real small community tight knit community like that for a number of years now. So, but even before even when I did, um, not I, I'm trying to think the last time I lived somewhere where it was like a a, a significant a number of black people living in the same neighborhood. Like kids didn't play with each other outside. Like I almost never saw kids playing outside together. You know what I mean? Let alone spending the night at people's houses and stuff like that. You just didn't see it happening. Seemed like yeah. this approach of, uh, you know, individualism kind of had started spreading already. People, that's when people started moving out. Yeah. You know, moving out of the areas and going to other cities and moving out. Of the I'd state say, and, and you know, like we've that. had this conversation before and we were kind of correlating it with, you know, some of the things of, of um, like culturally on television and, and things like that. You know, the Cosby generation of uh, like my older cousins that went to college in the 80s, they were the first ones to leave the hood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like once they graduated, like my cousin Lisa, she's she's 51, 52, something like that. When she graduated from college, I think she graduated from college in like 89 or something like that, 90. You know what I mean? She moved to Atlanta and moved to all these different areas. And, you know, when she, you know, they they don't, they weren't in the hood no more. You know what I'm saying? The, the P. Diddy generation. You know what I'm saying? The Jay Z generation, like mm. when they when they finished with their whatever they were doing in the early to mid 90s, they were the first one to leave the hood. Now they're having kids. Their kids are these 21, 22, 23 year old kids that we keep saying didn't grow up around no black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that, no more, that's part of it. There's no more. Go downstairs and knock on Renee's door and, and see if we can borrow some sugar. No. Like that's that. There ain't no more of that, bro. Yeah. Like I remember one time, one time in my complex years ago. I didn't feel like I was out. Of, I was making something and I needed some sugar or maybe maybe some butter or something. So I said, you know, let me knock on my neighbor door and see if maybe they got something. Man, they looked at me like I was out of my fucking mind. <laughs> they looked at you like, like, like you had five heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, boss, some butter, nigga, what? Nigga, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, probably look at you like, like you were nuts. That nigga yeah. had five heads. And then it just dawned on me, like, damn, that's really over with. Like, oh, you know, you know, when you was a kid, man, your parents or your grandparents would volunteer you for for somebody else. Oh, uh, over yeah, to uh, oh Miss Georgia May House, she wants you to uh, do something. Something like, man, I ain't trying to go to right. a stinking old lady house. You gotta go over yeah. there and and cut her grass, oh, or man. you know, you put some air in her tires, yeah. Because at my grandmother's house, everybody in the neighborhood could call my grandmother and ask for something or ask a question because they've been in the neighborhood longer than everybody. Mm. So you immediately going to come to Mr. Weeks house, big red house in the corner and ask a question. Or do you think your grandson can come over and I, I, I'll give him $10 if he come by and cut my grass. Mm -hmm. I ain't even at home. Right. I get home, I got a job to do. And plus, like another thing, bro, like you just don't, people think everybody has that because you don't ever go visit your neighbors or nothing. So no, you know, people don't want to borrow a cup of sugar from people because they don't know what they got going on in their house. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I was a kid, 
we all spent the night at each other's houses. So we knew like there was a level of familiarity and comfort there. So I can go ask, Hey man, y'all got a cup of milk I can use to make this recipe real quick or whatever yeah. like that. And I know that their house is clean and they not in right. there on no weird shit. You know, everybody now, knew, cause even, even with that going on, we all knew who the weirdo on the block was. Yeah. Yeah, don't go to Miss Rivers' house after yeah. They nasty yeah. over there. But go go next door to Miss Dorothy's house. She got right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, I I met somebody. Um, I lived on this. I lived on this block in the two thousands in Bed Stuy, and I ran into somebody. Uh, at random on the street. She asked me if there was a stain on her coat. I left the barbershop and I was like, uh, "There's a little one, but it's not too bad." And she's like. Okay, because I'm about to go someplace to see some people. And, um, you know, I just got the stain and I don't want to go in there looking people talk about me. And and she was like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to um, take off my coat when I get in anyway. She, she, she was like a middle-aged, middle-aged lady. But I don't know how it happened, but we we're walking uh, one block together. In that one block, we found out we used to live on the same block in uh, Bed-Stuy in the 2000s. But she was from Bed-Stuy. I was just... Mm-hmm. Um, living there after um, school because um, I used to live in Queens and Long Island before. But um, in that short amount of time, but w- when I had got there, it was still a community. Everyone there knew each other like generationally. So we yeah, ended yeah. up knowing like a lot of the same people. And she was like, oh, do you remember the twins who live in the middle of the block? I'm like, yeah, I remember. And I remember Miss Shirley. I used to live in Miss Shirley's uh, house. And, you know, uh, she owned the dry cleaner around the, around the corner. And we were like talking and stuff like that. And she's like, man, no one on that block is like the same anymore. <laughs> she's like, she's yeah. like, Ooh. that block is just like students, different white people. It's, 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 uh, the black people who live there are just like, you know, people who just came from, from college, you know what I mean? And just, uh, don't talk to anybody. And, and I was like, man, that's kind of a shame because like, I wasn't yeah. from that neighborhood, but when I got there, I had to kind of, you know, just play my position and just be, but now people come in and they act like the people who are already there are almost interlopers. Like, you know what I mean? They just got here and act like it's their uh, neighborhood oh, yeah. and you just like it's leftover trash yeah. from for the last and the if last you even bring If you even bring up, like here in Portland, like certain areas that used to be all black, right? Instead of, you know, they call it, you know, I guess I don't know what you want to call it, but you know how some white people are. You know, instead of honoring the, the community or doing something with the people that used to live in the community, what they'll do is just put a sign up. Oh, this used to be the Tropicana restaurant owned by Miss uh linda jones uh back in 1943 like okay thanks for the picture motherfucker mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's it okay mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that they do that type of shit here in portland you know what i mean mm-hmm. not only they're gonna take so over your neighborhood it's like a damn, it's like a damn uh what do you call it a, a tombstone or some shit exactly right? exactly it's really pretty that's what they do here they'll gentrify your neighborhood and whatever used to be there that was black they'll just put a picture up saying this used to be whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah what are people supposed to do with that information, Mike? What the fuck? Exactly. Oh, damn. Oh, man. I didn't know Miss Jenkins used to live here. She seemed like a nice old lady. Hey, uh, anyway, don't put that TV right over there. <laughs> hang this picture here. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck yeah. are you supposed to do with that information? Right. That's like, right. That's like, that's like the thing that liberals do now. These uh, land acknowledgments where it's like, this is actually. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Native land. It's like okay, but you're still building a high rise on it. Just announcing that, bro. I do that at my job all the time. Oh my god, they do land. Look, that's why I don't go to staff (laughs) meetings because before every staff meeting, 
they do a land acknowledgement. And the crazy thing is one of the people, she's real good. She's real cool. She's native. And she just always gave me this look like, are, can you believe these motherfuckers? I'm like, no, I can believe it. Can, can you believe them? The question. Right. Right. Yeah, that's like the historical version of when someone says sorry as you're doing the, the fucked up thing. Like, <laughs> white people love doing that. Like, 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 white people will steal a parking spot from you while looking at you. It's like, sorry. It's like, how can you actively say sorry while you're doing Right, like, right. You can't, you can't be sorry <laughs> and you're doing the thing. Like it's just well, that goes to the whole idea of sorry in America does not come with acts of capitulation. I mean, of uh, of uh, redemption or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just a fucking word. That it's people, just a no word. action. Yeah. Yeah. To, restitution, I think. Uh, is, is restitution. A there you go. Yeah, yeah. There's like it, whereas in other parts of the world. Ain't no, ain't no fucking sorry. Like you, you gotta take action to re, to, to redress what you did. You know, but I hear it's just, a, just basically a gesture or a word. It's real, it's real interesting how that works. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. But uh, and this is gonna lead to like um, the Dion and the Britney Griner thing. The only thing I think black community is now. This is my current. I mean, it's a work in progress. I'm trying to. St- pay attention and you know see and yeah. take information I'm, I'm open to alternative arguments but to me the black community now is just something you bring up when you want something like it's yeah. something you invoke yeah. when you're trying to pretend you have leverage like you know like uh when blm was threatening biden you know by saying well if you don't if you don't uh give us a meeting or have a black vice president we're going to get the black community to not vote or when that tiffany cross lady lost uh, her job all these um blue check media black people were saying the black community wants tiffany cross back and it's like who are you talking to like like who who is this right. black community that wants back right and, and no black people i know watching uh no tiffany cross like what are you talking right. about and and uh you know like like, like when they want to pretend they have an army or they have numbers and want to threaten white people with something they invoke this um this community when they act like uh um they put a, they put they put a picture up of Ice Ice Cube. Um, I remember when, when Jamel when Jamel Hill was um, getting fired by ESPN. I, I I'll never forget. I saw this person put up uh, a gif of Ice Cube tying a, ben- a bandana around his head. I don't know if it's from a, a music video or a movie, but he's tying a bandana around his head and getting up to to roll out and like the black community getting ready to rally around uh, Jamel Hill. Uh, you know. And it's supposed to be like everyone's like putting on their flags and going out to like bang for Jamel Hill. And I'm like, ain't nobody doing this for Jamel Hill. They're gonna tweet a couple of times and then um go back to whatever they were doing at best, maybe. But there's no like actual community um agenda to That's a good, yeah. So I guess I guess to have this conversation in the in the entirety that we need to have it that we need to define and, and try to understand what a community is and does that entail both tangible and intangible facets? Is it is it is it like <clears throat> some type of infrastructure where you have you know housing, you have um, um, you know places to go get your food and things like that, grocery stores, gas stations? Is it self-contained? And then is there a a, a, a vision? And a, a sense of purpose that drives you collectively as a community. Like, is a community made up of all those facets, or 
Is it just a place where people live or like, what the hell are we saying when we say community? I think that's I'll say this. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, well, well I'll answer <clears throat> this. No matter what is going on in your community, whether it's economic, whether it's um, whatever it is, you do not turn on each other. Mm. I do not give a damn what's going on. Because look, like we just spoke about five minutes ago, we can remember when a community looked a certain kind of way. That doesn't mean that crime didn't exist. That doesn't mean that, you know, all these, but there was a code that existed. And I'll say it like this. I knew a, there was a guy we called Mr. JB. Mr. JB is long since dead. Mr. JB used to hang out at my grandparents' house. Mm. Cool old dude. I had no idea Mr. JB used to sell hair on. Okay. Mm. When I found that out, I was like, what? But I talked to my grandmother about it and she was like, no, you know, there's people that do drugs. And in this area, that's where they did drugs at. Da, 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 da. She broke that down. What we can't have is recklessness. What we have now is just reckless abandon. You know what I'm saying? People just doing anything, even things that don't make any sense. Because even if we, with the behavior, the money aspect doesn't matter because we have people doing thrill shit for nothing. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really make a difference. So even if we are, because some people will say, oh man, y'all ain't got your own stores. You ain't got your own schools. You know what? You're right. We don't. Okay. But just because you don't, don't mean you got to turn on the person that looks like you. You know what I'm saying? That's where we go wrong is that we take our frustrations out on the man in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? The person that looks Mm -hmm. like you. And that's not the way you're going to be able to build a community because we have had the same issues that exist in the community right now. It might not have been as reckless, but we had gangs in the 1950s. We had drugs in the 1950s. We had black folks going to prison in the 1950s. We had people doing bad shit. It's just that when you, the family structure was put together and the out, those reckless people, they was over there. And not only that, Ken, I, I, let me throw this in there too, bro. And then you keep, keep, keep cooking. They knew who the criminals and the crooks Absolutely. were. Back then too. Yeah. Like everybody, mama, you knew who this nigga mama was, who his grandmama was, where they came from, what part of Mississippi they was from. Yeah. Like you knew you had all the intel on everybody that was out there up to no good. Your grandparents would tell you straight up, don't let me catch you over there with Willie. Right, exactly. Stay away from stay away from uh Miss Jenkins and them kids. I don't want you yep. to know where I remember hearing that even when I was a kid, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there was a family that lived in my apartment complex that we were told stay away from them. Yep. <laughs> they were yep. the river. Their last name was Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> we were told don't I don't want you playing with Ricky Rivers and none of that. He's 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 passed away long since, but he was he was the community hair raiser. Yeah, because that you know because your family knew that they they parents wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we because when you're a kid, you don't realize what grown folks talk to other grown folks about. You know, that's why they always say stay out of grown folks' business. So your mama and your dad knew that they mama and dad was either smoking dope not working, lazy, hoeing, whatever, or just not raising their kids right. Parents talk. Parents know. You know what I'm saying? I know that now as a parent. You know, my daughter, (laughs) my daughter turned 14 years old. We had a birthday party at a skating rink and she has this friend named Faye. Known Faye since she was seven, eight years old, whatever. She come to the skating rink, makeup all on, clothes tight. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, what you doing? She said, I'm coming to the birthday party. I said, not like that. Now, now who's Faye's family? Now, Faith's mama work at the bar. She was always trying to hook me up with her cousin and this one and that one. Invite me to the bar. The dad, who knows what the fuck he is. And Faith was always going between her mama house, her grandma house, and her auntie house. So we see that there's something going on in that family. Somebody ain't being raised right. You understand? Mm-hmm. 
So I told my daughter, I said, now I used to tell my daughter this all the time. I remember we was walking to school one day. She was in third grade. I said, get a picture of your class picture. I said, you know, they put all the kids in one picture and they all smiling. I said, yeah, when you about 18, 19, you can build a circle. Which one is on drugs? Which one got a baby on the way? Which one going to jail? You know what I'm saying? You're going to see it. We, I used to have these conversations, you know what I'm saying? Because I ain't with the fuck shit, you know, towards a lot right. of people, they parents, let, they parents let their kids run wild. We wasn't, they, now we would do stuff and our parents didn't know about it. My grandma found out she would whoop all your clothes off, but <laughs> there were just certain things <laughs> you knew you would whoop your clothes off. My, my grandma didn't whoop no clothes. So this, the thing is, you know, there comes a point in time where when you get older, 15, 16, you can hide things. When you was a kid, you stayed in a kid's place and you knew who not to be around. And if you got yeah. caught being around them, man, it was a kid named Shane when I was growing up. Man, Shane was bad. I remember Shane had a uh, a reel-to-reel stereo system. I don't know where he got it from, but Shane was like 13 and I was about seven. And my dad did not like Shane. If you got caught hanging out with Shane, that was your ass. Now, I never figured out why Shane got killed. I think I was in high school when Shane got killed. You know what I'm saying? So my dad apparently knew what was going on with him and his mom and whatever was going on in their house. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't supposed to be around Shane, you know? Wow. So it's, it's it's like, you know, but like we were saying, when you have a community, regardless of what's going on economically, whatever whatever is going on, you don't turn on each other. You still, because you build your character when you're doing bad. And that's how you start to do better is when you build with each other. So it might not be on the same level as quote unquote white folks, but when you got your own, that's all that matters. And you take pride in what you do have. Absolutely. <coughs> and we certainly Absolutely. don't do that nowadays. It seems. Well, you know, hip hop is a perfect example of that. It's a perfect analogy. When hip hop first started, everybody was together. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Live, laugh, have fun in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? But then once it became gentrified, now we got rappers getting killed. You know, rappers doing all this wild shit, drugs being promoted as a as a means of it. Different if you was the drug dealer in rap music back in the day. But now you the dope, you the dope head. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So it's just lawlessness now because we've let other people get their hands on it. You know what I'm saying? There's no there's no mechanism for policing it. You know, it's just like in our community. There's no mecha- mechanism for policing in our community. You know, people are able to just do whatever they want to do. And I'm not trying to I'm not saying what about black on black crime? I'm just saying, you know, these things exist. Sure. But um, I mean, you know, so, but, so no, go ahead, T. Oh, no, something I was going to add, too, but we're trying to define a community is um how does technology change the definition of a community? Like, you know, um, this idea of a global village or, you know, telecommunication, you know, this, I, cause, because before, like I would say one de- old definition of community would probably have to be physical proximity, but now in an age of telephones, the internet radio stations, and people can mobilize nationwide strikes. Like, can you have like a virtual community? Can you have a community where people, don't even physically have ready access to each other. Like, you know, can a whole state be a community? Can a country be a community? I mean, in theory, I guess it's kind of possible with, uh, like, like, for example, some people would probably argue that uh, SWAC, which is, is, that, is that how you uh, say oh, it? I, I ever, SWAC, I said SWAC. I, I, I only ever see it written down. I never heard it actually said. But uh, yeah, uh, that that was a community that Dion wasn't part of. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, is, yeah. Is that a valid idea of a community? Can that next SWAC be a be a? Community? I mean, I guess I think I think I think um, SWAC, as far as what Deion Sanders was going through, is a community because SWAC, quote unquote, SWAC is a conference of football teams. Now, the SWAC 
could easily be merged into another conference because that's how college football works. Today it's SWAC. Next week it'll be the MIAC, and all the black colleges will be in the middle in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. You know what I mean? So to so to to claim this community of SWAC that you didn't create, that's where we get it mis- That's where we get it mixed up because also when we're talking about community, you can't claim the community and want the good things, but don't want to address the fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? So the swag people want to address Dion going to another school, but don't want to address the fuck shit that goes on at these HBCUs, whether it's the misappropriation of funds, whether it's just the, I mean, just flat out stealing, which is what they're saying is yeah. happening at, at Jackson State University, where they took the money that they were supposed to give back to the football program and moved it to a general funds. You know what I'm saying? So you can't have this community and praise all the good things and then sweep all the bad stuff under the rug. You know what I mean? And then it becomes a lot of gate gatekeeping going on. You know, so with the HBCUs, you got the bands, you got Greek life, and then you got sports. You know, football don't come first. People don't go to the games, watch no football games. It was Dion is a lightning rod. Okay. He's like a walking billboard. I don't really know of any other, I don't know of any other athletic public figure besides Dion Sanders or Michael Jordan that when you see them, you already know what time it is. You know what you know what it's about. So I think a lot of times people will start to turn when you don't do what they want you to do. Now, you ask somebody, what did they want Dion to do? They can't tell you. What did you want him to do? I think it was just a simple fact that he left. You know what I'm saying? That they didn't like it, you know? And, and something that's uh, interesting about him not being a part of, uh, say, the local community was when you find out all the stuff he was doing. Like, he was yeah. doing community-type stuff. He was Absolutely. giving him his salary. He was helping all these people out, um, paying people, paying staff, you know. He was paying a bunch of stuff out of his pocket. If, he, if he's only making three hundred thousand dollars a year and he's giving half of that back to the uh, to the school, how much you think his staff, his employees, which are his assistant coaches, how much you think they're making? Forty grand, thirty grand, fifty, maybe. And he was fronting a lot of money for them too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not only just a lot of money, a lot of time. Like a lot he, of time, he really, exactly. He really yeah. Put in the hours in terms of. I think I read something or heard something about he was out there mowing grass. And, oh yeah and doing all kinds of stuff hands-on, uh, really just trying to take ownership of the program and trying to make it a collective. I, I, oftentimes when I hear that story, I wonder if any of the administrators or anybody else picked up a, a, a shovel or picked up a, a, a rake or anything and went out there and started helping. Because I know yes. how I am. If I saw that yeah. shit, I would help him. I'm going to go help. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, what's interesting is how uh, a lot of people that spoke about it. you had a lot of people that went to different hbcus and they were saying like you know this is normal like this is a normal type of thing that happens at hbcus as far as the misappropriation of funds and things like that and it's like okay well and before we start getting defensive because this person is leaving it's not because this person said man this school ain't shit i can't stand you niggas fuck hbcus that wasn't what was done what was done was dion did his job he was on a four-year contract after three years he left and got a better job at a different school and then got his employees, his assistant coaches, all raises, which is what a boss is supposed to do. Well, look, and here's here's the deal, too, because I hear people saying this. He made he came here. He talked all this high power pro black shit. Da, 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 da. But I'm like this. Two things can be true. Absolutely. He could have meant every word of what he said, got over there, tried to change the culture, seeing that you Negroes were not going to change. Right. And say, oh, no, y'all not finna kill me. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I'm and, saying? And, and we know that's to, and we know that to be true is because if you look at the commentary, what people are saying, they really did want Deion Sanders to die for them. Uh, he's they like, no, Deion I'm not. To when I go and do this, it's we are going to do that. No, I am, and then yeah, you guys yeah. are going to sit back and enjoy the fruits of all but of see, our but labor. See, Mario, like, but see, Mario, all have to join in. Yeah, but see, Mario, you know, like I know, like people have this tendency to let one person <laughs> do all the work. And then when they die, oh, yeah, I supported him 100%. Whether you want to talk about Malcolm X, you know, there's these old black folks talking about, yeah, I showed this. Yeah, I love Malcolm. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and 100 more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.